You're listening to Song Stories. I'm Sophia Bromowitz. In the fall of 2019, I taught a writing class at the University of Virginia called American Roots Music. At the end of the semester, I asked my students to pick a song from the 20th century and tell a story about it. Each writer approached their song with different questions. How are the song's musicians influenced by their setting, by their personal lives, or by their collaborators? How do we as listeners feel different responses to different kinds of music? And where do these feelings come from? What did a song mean then, and what does it mean now? You can hear their answers to these questions and more by listening to their podcasts. Today we're going to hear about the song Hotel California by the Eagles. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Riley Fitzmaurice. There sits Don Felder, guitarist with the Eagles in his rented beachfront home in Malibu. Gazing out of his living room window, he watches his son and daughter entertain themselves while building sandcastles and messing around in the Pacific waves. He picks up his guitar, which is sitting right next to him, and begins strumming away. Little did he know that these mindless drums would later turn into one of the Eagles' greatest hits, scoring all the way to the top of Billboard Hot 100 and awarding them a Grammy the following year. After many sessions of developing and reworking these drums, out came Hotel California, a song known by every rock enthusiast, every soft reggae-loving listener, every radio listener of the 70s. Simply stated, a song known by everyone. Prior to the release of Hotel California, the Eagles had been doing well for themselves. With the recent release of their fourth studio album, One of These Nights, they had already made their way to the top of Billboard's album chart and had a well-developed fan base. Though, if you were to ask 100 people to name one song by the Eagles, my guess is that 99% of them would name Hotel California without a single hesitation. Starting in the mid-70s, LA was becoming a hub for self-indulgent and thrill-seeking individuals. The glitz and glam side of Hollywood was gaining more and more traction, tempting people towards what seemed to be the preferred lifestyle. The Eagles themselves were relatively new to the scene, so just like the rest of their musical colleagues, they were experiencing this new age of bloated access, as Don Henney, a freelance journalist, describes it in a critique of the song he wrote back in 2017. The first 50 seconds of the song is dominated by a hypnotic-like guitar instrumental, perfectly setting up the six-minute hallucinatory journey the listeners seem to embark on. If you close your eyes, you can imagine Felder sitting comfortably on a sofa, strumming away and away, transporting himself into a deep haze where reality lies far behind. The pureness of this beginning allows the listener to pull apart each individual strum, pick up on the distant, rattling percussive sound, and transport their own selves into a deep comatosis, all of which is abruptly interrupted by three drum beats to attract our attention and prepare us for what's to come. In the two-hour documentary, History of the Eagles, directed by Allison Elwood, co-lead vocalist Don Henley describes the song as a journey from innocence to experience. As to what type of experience he's referring to seems to be slightly ambiguous. Perhaps the statement is purposely left open and did to allow the listener to decide for themselves. Though, in order to do so, we must go on this metaphorical journey that the song takes its listeners on. While the mere seductiveness of the song's instrumentals is enough to leave you pondering life and its purpose, the lyrical component of the track provides a cinematic-like experience. We begin this journey 
on a dark desert highland with wind blowing in our faces and the pungent smell of colitas, whatever those may be, filling up in the air. The shimmering light off in the distance is so blinding that it causes us to lose consciousness and uproot ourselves into a life where boundaries and rules are non-existent. This doesn't sound bad, does it? But then again, rules exist for a reason and are what holds us back from engaging in chaotic and reckless behavior. Such behavior some may associate with rockstar lifestyles or someone who isn't bound by the same restrictions as, a, as the common folk. In such a unique and fascinating way, the song references a variety of decadent behaviors, from sensual pleasures to pink champagnes on ice and Mercedes Benz, though it presents them in a dangerously hypnotic and enticing way. We're not typically used to this type of lifestyle being portrayed in a negative light, but this song is a testament to all the troubles that come with the high life of Los Angeles, as Henley puts it. For those who are new to the world of stardom, things like money, power, and special treatment are handled quite naively. This ignorance is portrayed by the song's protagonist who so easily gets lured into the destructive lifestyle by the many vices that are thrown their way. Despite how thrilling, reckless, and carefree living may seem, it quickly catches up to you, turning you into a prisoner and making it impossible to escape from a script. Welcome to the Hotel California. Let's revisit Henley's description of this metaphorical hotel having a transformative quality, that is, turning an innocent being into an experienced one. We can begin to see the negative properties the song associates with experience, the specific type of experience being an exposure to the high life, though this isn't to say that those who have exposure to Hollywood lifestyles are the only ones who can relate to and understand the message of the song. Instead, the temptations described throughout the song can be applied to the dark underbelly of the American dream and excess in America, as stated by Henley in an interview, which is something we can all relate to despite our social standing. Similarly to how the lifestyle that comes with fame may seem glamorous but can be quite disruptive and unstable, the lifestyle associated with the American dream can also lead to unhealthy behaviors. In an article released in the Communication Quarterly Journal, Author Thomas A. Salik discusses how money and wealth are so highly valued amongst Americans and are both tied closely to the American dream. While wealth is such a desired thing, Salik describes it as a dangerous and corrupting. He goes on to reference a poll done in 2013 which found that 92% of middle class Americans admire wealthy individuals who work hard. Nevertheless, most Americans would agree that as people become more wealthy, they also become greedier and less honest. So, while we all strive for prosperity and success, we know that it doesn't always equate to a perfect and happy lifestyle. Clearly, the message of Hotel California is adaptable and meant for anyone who may be facing certain demons in life, whether that be materialistic longing, comparison to others with different social standings, or unhealthy behaviors. Even if the song was written to mean one thing, we as consumers have the ability to make it mean another thing. The flexibility, or rather, the relatability of this track is perhaps what has enabled it to last a lifetime, allowing people to listen to it over and over with different experiences in mind. Nearly 50 years later, and the song continues to inspire and influence contemporary artists. There have been a variety of renditions from the Gypsy King Spanish cover in 1988 to Marilyn Manson's live cover in 2012. The song has been used as a template by various writers to approach issues such as warfare, social injustices, and political divisions. Forbes writer Mark Hendrickson has used the lyrics of the song to describe the economic and political nightmare as stated in his opinion piece, faced by EU nations in 2015. 
The line from the song, this could be heaven or this could be hell, mirrors the optimism and excitement held by European nations prior to joining the EU. Their hopes of wealth distribution, free trade, and greater prosperity turned into a nightmare once government budget deficits and economic irresponsibilities began to grow. In an article for Digiday, Victor Pinerio draws parallels between social media and the imprisoning hotel described in the song. While you may be able to check out anytime you like on social media apps by simply logging off, you can never actually fully escape from them. In his piece, he explains how we've become overly reliant on social media by investing too much time and energy into platforms such as Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. He explains social platforms as being built to breed separation anxiety. With all the bells and whistles that come with these platforms, from the engaging ad pop-ups to their interactive abilities, today's generation has completely been sucked in. We've created an inseparable connection with these platforms. We truly have become prisoners of our own device. The pink champagne on ice, she said. We are all just prisoners here of our own device. This song has made a clear mark on varying aspects of American and international culture. Maybe you've never realized the significance behind the song. After all, the lyrics do come across as convoluted and mysterious. But this was a purposeful tactic used by the Eagles in order to authenticate the experience as much as possible. If you've ever been a victim of the temptation, you know how consuming and controlling it can be over your life. It can cause you to completely lose sight of all the things that truly matter. It may cut you off from those who care most about you, making you numb to the feeling of happiness and love. So, use Hotel California as a warning sign to stay away from all the vices that may come your way. Because once you fall victim, you may not be able to leave. In the next segment, we dig a little deeper into this song story. Riley Fitzmaurice will reflect on what she figured out about this song and how she put this episode together. I'm Riley Fitzmaurice. I'm currently a first year at UVA. Will you tell us about your song? Yeah, so when I was beginning, before I even chose the song, I actually have a playlist on my phone. It's my throwback playlist. So I was looking through all those songs, trying to find an interesting song that I could potentially write this paper and produce a podcast on. So I saw Hotel California and I thought the beat of the song, it always stood out to me, but I never paid attention to the lyrics. And so I thought that would be a cool option to do. And I'm glad I did that one because I had no idea how many layers there were to the song. Did you know what you were going to write about when you first got started? I had no idea. I listened to the song over and over again. Actually, like when I'd get ready in the morning, I'd had it on in the background and just try and first for myself, like figure out what I think the song is about and understand it that way, opposed to just going straight to the internet and starting from there and looking at critic reviews or other online resources. After listening to the song and looking at the lyrics and analyzing them, I started to form some ideas about what I want to write about and what I would write about. And then I went to the internet and I got through interviews and other resources. A lot of the ideas that I had, some of them matched up to what I was reading about others. I had different interpretations. You had a really unique way of approaching this song, too. Will you tell us about Hotel California? Yeah, of course. I feel like it's a popular song. The instrumentals, of course, they are really intriguing to me and really interesting. I think it's a really unique sound. 
I feel like for the most part, people pay attention to the instrumentals more so than the vocals. And so at first glance, people have no idea what the song is about. But through my research and through my own interpretation, I discovered that the meaning of the song kind of actually matches the cultural climate of LA at the time. And so there was a rise of drug usage, drinking, and the partying scene. And basically, these band members were writing about their own experiences with all these temptations and vices, and kind of how it's so easy to lose yourself when you're engaging with all those activities and forget who you are. It almost like gave a hallucinatory feel to the listener, and it mimics what the song is about really well, I think. Going on this journey, I think one of the band members described it as a journey from innocence to experience. So I guess through all these vices, if you do come out and you are able to get past it, it's kind of a moment of self-recognition and you become experienced and you learn more about yourself. And you drew really direct parallels from this song to the contemporary moment. Yeah, the modern comparison that I drew was social media nowadays and how people get so sucked into it, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter, whatever it is. And I think it has become almost like an evil vice. Like these people, I myself included, you lose yourself in these social media apps. It almost is like a whole nother world. You can get so easily lost within it, and whether it's thinking so deeply about what you're posting and putting so much energy into these posts where it's not even like your authentic self. It's a fake version, maybe the ideal version of yourself. And so I kind of drew this comparison to what the Eagles were portraying in their song about drug usage and drinking and all of that. That, I guess, was a conclusion that I drew that while it seems like it's directed at a narrow audience, I think the message of the song was actually very relatable and could be adapted to fit a lot of different scenarios. Yeah, that's so interesting because it seems like you're really getting at one of the things that's so good about the song is that its lyrics are kind of relatable, even though they're specific. But it's interesting because you started by saying you wanted to write about this song because of the sound. Yeah, I think it's like the first 30 seconds of the song. For me, at least, when I listen to it, it does make me feel like I'm in some sort of daze or lost in whatever it is. And I think that sound was so unique to me, and I haven't really heard it in too many other songs. I thought it was so interesting, and I wanted to find out more about it. And what I discovered is that it mimicked what they were discussing in the song, which I thought was super cool. I don't think you see that a lot with a lot of songs, at least nowadays, where the instrumentals are supporting the vocals. Could you talk a little bit about your process of, well, research if you want to, but also doing the recording itself? The recording was quite the experience. I've used Audacity, so that was a platform that we used to make these podcasts. I've used Audacity before in high school for short recordings and whatnot, but I never played around with the different tools. So it was definitely a struggle at first. We had some resources online. So those were helpful. And I remember it was like 2 a.m. and I was rewatching them, rewatching them, trying to figure out how to pinch my vocals and make the instrumentals fade out in the background. And then I was trying to split my vocal recording and add the audio track in the background. I ended up figuring it out for the most part. I definitely did. I had a lot of ideas that I wasn't able to implement in the end just because I struggled trying to figure out how to do them. But for the most part, I think I was able to learn from the online resources. But it was an experience, and I'm happy because I know I definitely wouldn't have had that experience if it wasn't for this project. Were you able to do anything unique with this kind of writing, do you feel like? 
I mean, this project in general is definitely different from any other project that I've had before. And what I appreciated about it was the amount of leeway that we had or say in what we wanted to write about. Obviously, we had this assignment and we were told to write about a song from the 20th century. And like that right there, just like the freedom that we had with this paper, I really appreciated it because sometimes I feel like it's hard almost when you have a prompt because you are thinking so much about how you can like write whatever perfectly that it can fit this prompt and like what the professor wants, like what are they looking for. But with this assignment, I think it took off a lot of that stress and pressure that you have from an assignment with like a strict set of guidelines. In terms of the writing, like it was challenging. I'm not saying it was an easy process, but I actually enjoyed researching and finding all these different opinions and interpretations online. Some of them contradicted each other. A lot of them supported each other. But it was really fun writing this paper, which is something that I don't find myself saying often. (laughs) I have to say it was such a successful podcast, really. Like so interesting and kind of strange. Yeah. Disorienting. Yeah. I had other songs that I was thinking of, but I thought for the most part, a lot of them were pretty straightforward and I'm sure I could have produced something, but I think what I appreciated about the song was like how ambiguous it was, the meaning and the instrumentals and just everything about it was really up in the air. I appreciated the challenge that it gave me. Is there anything that you came here wanting to talk about, about the song or your process or listening that we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Like I said, it was such a unique assignment and we did a lot of this throughout the first semester, but just really like nitpicking at a song and just learning how to write about the instrumentals. Because this isn't something that in high school, unless you take a class that's about music interpretation or music writing, um, it's not a skill that you have and develop. The whole semester in this project, of course, included, I thought it was a really interesting form of writing and very different from you know your typical essay that you're writing for your history class or your English class and it was weird because I'm used to writing in a very formal way. I played around in some of my previous papers for this class but adding I guess like a sense of humor in some of my papers I tried but just more playful I guess playful is a good word. And I tried to add that in for this podcast just because I thought it add another dynamic to it instead of, you know, writing some boring formal paper about it. Yeah, I think what you produced was something that's engaging and strange and kind of funny and contemporary. Like It doesn't feel like you're trying to speak like someone from the 19th century yeah. or something, but also like really serious. I think you really got at something. Yeah, it was interesting like playing around with that. You're trying to be informative and you want to write about something and you want to be serious about it, but also adding in like this layer of playfulness. And I definitely haven't perfected it, but it's definitely a good writing skill, I think, to have. And I think it does make for a really engaging piece of writing. Thanks for listening to Song Stories. Song Stories is a member of the Virginia Audio Collective. Listen to the whole series and learn more at virginiaaudio.org.